So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Luke from the Dirty Nil. And we're going to ask him some questions say about their new album, Fuck Art. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the oh, response thanks. to the announcement so far? Or not announcement, it's been out for a the year, album. my bad. Yeah, it's been out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely been an, uh, a new experience putting out an album uh, without really being able to tour mm-hmm. it. Um, but... Uh, that being said, uh, we did get to go out in the fall and those dates were the funnest shows that we've ever played. So um, it's been really great. I mean, it I, I can't imagine what my pandemic experience would have been like without having something to really work on and and uh, and uh, work towards, you know, having having some uh, having some dates on the calendar is what life's all about. So, um, you know, in short, yeah, it's been great. Hell yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. The album banged, by the way. I'm glad you guys like it. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um, I mean, certainly. I mean, but it's it's I think that uh, for, we, we generated the album title first and then we worked with an artist to kind of uh, conceptualize the visual accompaniment to the uh, to the title and the, and the music. But um the um, the title basically came from um, my I I started taking painting classes with my mom and my sister like just mm. community community uh, uh, center painting classes and um, you know I think that we all have or at least I had this idea in my mind that at a certain point um, adults really get there can we swear by the way mm-hmm. yeah okay well. I, you know, I, I had this idea in my mind that at a certain point adults get their shit together and they stop kind of being like whiny kids. But we had this one older gentleman in the class that was constantly complaining and constantly, mm-hmm. you know, asking a million questions when really we're all just just working on our own little shitty painting. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, um, exactly. So this guy just kept, you know, at like, you know, my painting doesn't look like that. And I, well, I got a bristle stuck in my thing. And the, the teacher was very, very uh, patient with him. And at a certain point said, listen, finish your painting and we'll talk after because, you know, everyone's just trying to paint. So he took that and uh, muttered very loudly. I don't think he knew it was as loud as it was, but he said, fuck art. And I said, that is what we're going to call our album. Oh, uh, perfect. Also, you know, it kind of stemmed, I mean, the, the, the title, I think, really grabbed us because, um, you know, although, like, I guess, technically, as a rock band, we are artists, and we d- we definitely take our craft very seriously. I think that there's, you know, um, to, to us, it's like a bit of a loaded word, or at least to me, and, and I, I think that we just have a much more working class uh, attitude about getting it done and just like, let's get the project done and let's have fun doing it. And, but it's less of this kind of like precious, you know, creation to us. It's more of like, uh, after being a band for 16 years, like it's all about putting the biscuit in the basket and then moving on to the next thing. That's not to say that we don't take it extremely seriously, but I think that, um, we're just really folk. We're just a very task oriented band. We work really hard on our music and then we get it done and then we get on to the next thing. Um, and that is, I think the, once we kind of adopted that perspective, I was able to write a lot more songs. We were able to put out a lot more music and get a lot more work done together. Um, when we just kind of adopted a more, as I said, more utilitarian, get it done type attitude. Mm -hmm. 
interesting. And the Uh, cover art. And the cover art, yeah. So it was done by a very, very talented artist who we love, uh, who has done a bunch of stuff for us and I think will continue to do stuff for us. His name is Max Loeffler. He's from Germany, but um, he had done uh, a poster for the band Turnstile and we kind of saw his... um, uh his some of his work and we're like hey man we we really want it like would you be interested and he said yeah and then we started going back and forth with all these sketches and you know he sent over a bunch of really kind of dark imagery originally it was like like really menacing looking stuff and we were kind of like yeah that's cool and like going back and forth and then one night he called me in the middle of the night and he said Luke, I know what it must be. It must be a smiling golden retriever because what is more fuck art than that? And I said, <laughs> Max, you're a genius. So, I mean, it was a completely uh, 180 degree turn from where we were looking. We were looking at, as I said, all these dark brooding images and then he yeah. just spun it with this really radiant positive imagery and it it really put the, not only the music, but the, just the entire package in a new light. It really did. I think that like the cover and the name combine, like before you even hear the album, it's like a super like encapsulating kind of image for the record. And it's like, I have to listen to that because just based on the title and the cover art alone. So I think that's very cool. I'm glad you dig it. I, I think that when we, when we had the final mixes back and we had the artwork, I think we were, we were all extremely proud of what we had made. Oh yeah. As you uh, should be. So can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your writing process for this album? Um, well, I mean, I had a few tunes in my back pocket that, um, I wrote kind of while we were touring, uh, the previous album, Master Volume. And, um, we were listening to a lot of really heavy thrash music. And so that definitely kind of seeped into our practice space. And I wrote a lot of the songs on an acoustic guitar, which is not, um, not very common. I mean, there's been sporadic instances of that in the past, but a lot of these songs I kind of wrote the chords and the, and the lyrics over an acoustic guitar. And then we kind of, we electrified them as a group Mm -hmm. um, and added more kind of riffs into them. But um, I will say that it was slow goings at the beginning. It was, it was a slow process. It took us a while to kind of get some serious momentum behind that crop of songs. We were still kind of like figuring out like, what are we going to do? Like, how do we want this to sound? I think also we were, overly preoccupied with like micro adjustments to the arrangements of the songs. And that kind of prevented that made progress really slow on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until the very end when I, I I just brought in probably three or four more songs right at the very end that we really kind of got them all into shape together. But as I said, the first four or five, it took a long time to to Mm -hmm. kind of get um, to a good place. And it wasn't until we kind of stepped back a little bit and became less finicky about all the little tiny things. Um, we, you know, just zoomed out a bit and then it became much more fun. I, w- I will say that it wasn't very fun at the beginning getting that stuff together, but it became fun at the end. Uh, were most of these songs written like before lockdown and everything? Cause that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty much, it was, we had, we were just starting to record it when lockdown began. And mm-hmm. um, so we had tracked the drums and the bass, and then our producer had to fly back to Seattle because because they're closing the border. And so we locked the doors to the studio and I did the guitars in, in two days uh, with the, um, with the uh, engineer there. We just locked the doors, didn't know what was happening with the world, didn't really care. We had a job to do. 
and uh, we went insane uh, doing the guitars because we did like two 16 hour days. Jeez. I mean, just yeah. for context, the, the last time, the last album, we did the guitars over a full week. So, wow. Um, we did them very quickly, which uh, for a time I was a little bit resentful about because I really do. I think my favorite part of, of being in a band other than, you know, there's lots of things, but one of them is getting to rec record guitars. It's really, really fun for me. I'm first and foremost, a guitar player. And so um, it's really fun just getting to lay those things down. And so having to be, as I said earlier, so utilitarian and so deliberate about it and less kind of like, well, what if we try this? And what if we try that? There was none of that. It was just like, get it done. So wow. um, at the end of that 48 hours, the business, like the whole city was under lockdown. So we couldn't even go back to record or anything. So it had to get done then. And then um, when we heard it back at the very end, I couldn't even tell if we had gotten it done. Our brains were just mush. Mm. My <laughs> arm my wrist uh, on my fretting arm had seized up just from like, I couldn't, it was just like a claw from just playing so much. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, then we, when I went in to do the vocals, just like by ourselves at home, um, we, uh, I, I, I was very satisfied with the job that we had done in a very short amount of time. Um, and so, yeah, we did the vocals from home and sent them out to Seattle where our producer, John Goodmanson is. Mm -hmm. And um and then from there, he just started sending mixes and they were awesome. Okay. Very cool. Wow. That is ridiculously impressive. <laughs> just I, all the guitars in two days. And then you had to like immediately switch from recording in a studio to just in your home and like that. Okay. That's great. That's great. It was, um, as I said, it was, uh, it was not optimal, but, um, I think this, this experience making that album really shifted my my mind to a let's get it done type mentality rather than um and again like taking everything really seriously but the object at the end of the day is to get it done you know so that you can get on to the next thing that's what life's about so um and enjoy it while you do it of course but to not you know um uh obsess about little details that nobody's going to care about anyways just like get it done make it as good as you can uh, uh, perfection is the enemy, you know, so just try and get it the best you can leave some mistakes and then call it a day, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's a weird thing picking your own favorite lyric that you wrote, but, um, uh, I mean, I have lyrics that I, I think I kind of like, I was like, mm, damn, I kind of got something good there. But then I have mm -hmm. other funny ones where I'm just like, that one's funny. And I'm glad that nobody was there to stop me from doing that. There's no producer <laughs> yeah. to tell me that you can't say that. Um, um, I think saying, uh, at the very end of the album, uh, on, uh, or no, on, uh, to the guy who stole my bike, when I said to any plum fucker with an ax to grind, uh, uh, or something like that. I, I, I definitely still have a smirk on my face uh, remembering that I got away with singing that on an album. So I think that's probably my favorite out or lyric of it all. Cause it's so stupid, but um, I think that um, what it means to me is, as I said, 
uh, nobody, nobody there to tell me to, that I can't sing that. So um, you'll never have an experience like that again. <laughs> no, I hope not. No, I, not. I really like, you know, we're, uh, it's, it's, it was, I'm, I'm re- looking back on the whole thing. I had a great time. Like it was, it's, it's all a very formative and positive memory for me, but during it, it was quite stressful. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I look forward to a slightly more, um, a slightly more, uh, uh, relaxed, um, atmosphere when we make our next record. But that being said, I, I definitely, I didn't think we could get all the guitars done in two days, but we did. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm definitely proud of that. So shout out to, uh, Darren, uh, the produ- the, uh, the engineer at union studios in, in, um, Toronto. I mean, he, we were talking to, a few months ago and he said that's to this day the still still the most intense studio experience he's ever had so sounds I'm like it to be a part of that oh, yeah. yeah uh so how'd the track list for the album come about did you guys write the opener be the opener closer be a closer did you just kind of shuffle around see what fits what was that process like we always just kind of like you know we'll we'll kind of um the way that i view music and like pretty much all my approach to music, at least what I bring to the table is there's no plan. It's, it's all iterative. So it's all a big marble slab. And then we take a carving out of it and then we stand back and we make the next carving out of it. There's no plan. It's just kind of like every, every next step is dependent on the last step. So even for the arrangements for the songs, like sometimes like I'll, you know, I'll write a bunch of songs and I'll bring them in and it's like, well, we already got another, a couple, a bunch of fast ones. So let's take this one and make it a little slower and, you know, flesh it out. Or we don't have enough weird, crazy stuff. So let's add some weird, crazy stuff to this one. And it's, it's, as I said, the crop comes together as a whole and they all influence each other to try and tick different boxes that I think we have as a band of, of what we'd like to have as a listening experience. Um, we grew up listening to albums, like especially Pinkerton by Weezer and, um, I think we're always attempting to try and make a Pinkerton of, of sorts of uh, like a thorough listening experience that's heavy and vulnerable and funny and, uh, and, uh, and, and rips, you know, that's, I think at the end of the day, we're trying to make the albums that we listen to or our best version of the albums that we grew up on. And um, in terms of track listing that, that, that happens when we've got it all done and the final mixes are done. And then we start arranging them and, and, and saying, I mean, generally speaking, we like to open with a banger and uh, mm-hmm. close with a banger. And yep. uh, we, we sequence it for vinyl, basically. Like that's how we, but you know, the other thing that's an influence too is like, okay, well we need the third song to be like our, our we, there's all, there's always voices speaking in your ear, which I love, but they're always like, well, we need this one for streaming purposes and this one. So it's kind of a balance of things at the end of the day. But, you know, um, uh, really, it's it's just um, it's uh, it's a pretty simple back and forth that we get the sequence together. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of it's funny because like it's like anything to do with music, like you could do it a million different ways. You kind of just need to choose a way of doing it and then say that's that. You can't make everybody happy with it, but usually you can make everybody pretty satisfied. So that's what we did this time. Everyone was pretty happy with the track listing this time. And um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think that there was, to me, there was no doubt that Doom Boy was going to open it though. Okay. For sure. Very cool. 
the song's a banger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so could you tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record? I know it was a little bit ago, but if you can remember. Honestly, I was, you know, really questioning whether I wanted to keep going as a band or keep oh. doing it, you know, uh, or like keep not like whether the band was going to end or whatever, but whether I wanted to still play music anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not for any one particular reason, but I just, I think that, uh, you know, I, it took me a while to get my confidence as a writer again and feel like I had really hit my stride and that I was, um, that I was uh, delivering the goods. Um, I will say that like master volume went really well for us. And I definitely felt a lot of pressure to, bring the same caliber of material to the table and that's just my own internal pressure but um no one was saying to me like hey you better make it as good as the last like no one said that but Mm -hmm. it um it was in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. and so I was a little bit paralyzed by that um and it was for me pretty slow goings for for a while um everything I would write, I'd be like, this sucks, you know, like blunt force mm-hmm. concussion almost didn't make the record and all oh. this stuff. Like, you know, all these songs that ultimately turned out really great. I was really down on. I remember when I wrote that song, I brought it in and everyone was like, yeah, that's pretty good. It's okay. And I was like, Oh, it's not very good. And like mm-hmm. um, when it was finally done tracking, it was like, this might be, this is one of the best songs on the album, but yeah. so you never know how things are going to turn out. The other mistake that I've made in the past is that, when we finish an album, I'm just like, oh, my job's done. I don't have to fucking write any more songs. I don't have to do anything for a while. I can just like relax and like walk, walk the dog and like just hang out and like, you know, just get ready for tour and do that. Mm-hmm. But um, and let my writing muscles all waste away, go to shit. Mm-hmm. And so um, I definitely do that after Mass Volume. I only wrote like one or two songs. Oh, wow. Like in the year 2018, like after we had made Master Volume. So um, it took a lot of work to kind of get that momentum back and that confidence back. Writing's all about confidence, really, um, to me, or at least for, for my, in my experience. And being confident in your ideas, being like, this might not be the best song in the world, but it will, will like when the band plays it and we work on it hard, it could be really good. Yeah. And I'm happy with the lyrics and I'm happy with the melodies and uh, fuck art really taught me to trust myself and to be confident because I can, I can, I can write good songs and the band's really good. So, um, you know, coming off of fuck art, as soon as we finished fuck art, I just started writing more songs and uh, not letting those muscles go to waste. And when I say those muscles, like I really just, I think it's just like a confidence muscle, you know, Mm -hmm. where you, it's just trusting yourself. Like that's what a, that's what writing a song is. It's just like trusting yourself to get to the next part, trusting yourself to write the next part and uh, having faith that this is going to be ripping when it's done, you know, and uh, those muscle, that muscle for me is much easier to lose than um, I, I, I really thought it was. So I just don't ever stop anymore. Love to That's hear that. good. That's really yeah. Good. Um, so when you got these, uh, the masters back for the album, how did you personally experience it for the first time? Um, I put on, uh, the biggest set of headphones that I could. And I just walked around, uh, it was the summer. So I was walking around and just blasting them on repeat, like super happy. 
like really, really pumped about how it all came together. Like really, uh, really, well, just kind of in, in awe of, 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 um, how, as I said, how well it turned out, um, how well Ross played on it, how well Kyle played on it, how, how amazingly John engineered and, um, mixed the whole thing. And I was just like, I was just so pumped, like about, as I said, um, something that I, I just, I had so many points of doubt in the whole process from like getting the songs together and like, you know, how crazy it was actually making it with the pandemic and stuff. I was just like, Oh shit. I don't know how this is all going to turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, when it was all said and done, I was so happy. And then, as I said, I just immediately started writing more songs. Oh yeah. Awesome. And, um, if there's someone listening to this right now that for some reason hasn't listened to the record, uh, yet, how do you recommend them to listen to it for the first time? At maximum volume from the top. All right. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Fun, sweet destruction. Perfect. That's very good. Perfect. Um, so in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through the album? Not really. I mean, I, 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 I'm definitely in a, an eye of the beholder type guy. I think whatever, if there's whatever you get out of it, that's awesome. It's all there. Um, you know, I, I get my, when I, when, if I can get a few snarky lyrics through and some sweet melodies and, and, uh, that's, that's all I'm happy that I can get through. But if people hear things in the words that I didn't mean and, 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 it's not for me to tell them what it means. It means whatever you want it to mean. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this record? Mm, favorite memory of making the record? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's hell, I'd say recording the guitars. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Figured. Yeah, I mean, like, look, like again, as I said, like, I was borderline insane by the and both of us were by the end of that period mm-hmm. i mean it's also important to remember that like it was uncertain whether this pandemic was going to kill half the earth mm-hmm. like it was kind of uncertain yeah. what was happening there's a lot of panic in the air it was right at the absolute zenith of of the whole thing in terms of uncertainty and and pandemonium um so we were just like completely focused on this thing and um laying down those stanky ass guitars was probably it's always my favorite part of recording even if it's hell mm-hmm. yeah i okay so i actually wanted to go back to the guitar part for a second how did you manage to stay firstly awake and motivated while recording guitars for two days straight were you just like slamming energy drinks the entire time what was what was that like we were just drinking pot after pot of coffee and you know uh we weren't eating very much but our theory was if we eat too much we're going to slow down so uh, we're just like <laughs> having a pizza pocket every, every four hours. <laughs> oh and God. Just, I mean, the thing that motivated we, me was like, this is my job. I love these songs. I've worked so hard on these songs and uh, it falls on my shoulders now to get us to the next stage. So there's no way that I'm not going to fucking deliver. Like we got to get this done. And it's also, as I said, the other thing that's motivating is it's fun. Like mm-hmm. when you've worked, when you've done your homework, and you know the songs rip um recording is so fun like we've had experiences where we're not really prepared for the studio and 
the songs aren't quite there and I'm not confident enough to sing them yet. And I haven't really got into it. And that sucks. You just know that you're wasting money and time. And, and, but when you've done your work and the arrangements are tight and you know, you brought your a game song wise to the table and that all the parts work together and it's really going. I mean, that's, that's my favorite feeling on the planet. I, I love playing live playing live is beautiful, but, um, laying something and committing it to etern- eternity like recording is the funnest thing in the world knowing that um you know rather rather you know uh not false modesty aside i, I hate false modesty i know i knew when we were recording that people are going to dig this this is gonna be great mm-hmm. i love that i love that attitude um so picture this here on tori at a gas station for a rest stop what is your snack of choice i'm gonna go with the uh the V8 uh, uh, vegetable uh, sludge drink or and the banana. They have a sludge drink? I don't know. It's just the V8 drink, you know, V8 vegetable juice. I, mm-hmm. we, so our first tour when we were 18 years old, we drove around in a van sleeping in Walmart parking lots and eating McDonald's every day. And I just can't do any, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a health nut, mm-hmm. but um I definitely uh, try and and uh, keep myself in fighting shape for touring, so that I can feel like I gave everything I had on that stage that night. And and you tu- and you trust gas station uh, fruit? You know, I don't trust gas stations. Period. But I th- I just feel that like, what's the worst that can happen with a banana? Uh, famous last words. It could be could be <laughs> horrible, but um, I. You know, the, I, I should say that it depends on the time of day. Like if it's early in the day, then I'll definitely get myself a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for like trash coffee, mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. like hazelnut flavored coffee and like Irish cream flavored coffee. Not like the little cups, like the, oh, not no, like the no. sweeteners, like the, the fake flavoring coffee. I love I, that's, that's one thing that I can't resist. So, um, definitely that. And, uh, as I said, my V8 banana um sometimes though like a bag of Reese's pieces whatever sometimes you just get a bag of Reese's pieces for the van raise morale for a couple hours before everybody crashes out perfect uh, (laughs) yeah crashes hours before the performance too so you guys gotta somehow get that energy back well I would say that gas stations are like the gas stations are like the the injection of dopamine required to like get through an eight hour drive. You're like, you look forward to the gas station. Like you look Mm -hmm. forward to like, I don't know. It takes on in like a, a very significant meaning when you're just driving, 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 like, and you're stopping at a gas station, like who knows what could be in there. I might be able to get a big furry hat or a crazy (laughs) sticker, especially in the States. Like, are you guys American? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys have real gas stations. You guys have the best gas stations because you never know what you can find. I could buy a fucking machete, like <laughs> yeah. or, uh, or uh, uh, a taser, or mm-hmm. uh, you know um, anything. You can buy like a crazy, a big plush dog. Who knows? Like they have it all at the gas station. Yeah. On our last tour, we were uh, big into bouncy balls. We were just trying to find bouncy balls anytime we stopped. We would just be bouncing our bouncy balls. So people were looking at us a little weird, but um, we had a little, uh, we had a love affair with bouncy balls um, on our last U.S. tour. But, uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it, it's it's funny because it, it kept us out of a certain kind of trouble but got us into a new type of trouble so. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. win some you lose some yeah uh, so loosely on the topic of food if the band was a dish what dish would the band be um i would say we are i don't know that's a good question Thank you. What kind of food would we be? Um, damn, I don't know. Like, I gotta go with. Uh, I gotta go with. Um, hmm. There's there's many there's many things that come to mind, but I, I guess I should just go with my first one. I'd say we are a. Uh, do you guys have like Korean rice dogs? We had those. Korean rice dogs. I don't yeah. think so. So it's like it's like a um like a, a corn dog, but like way souped up. Like they're like giant with like cheese in them and like sweet mm-hmm. sauce on the top. Oh wait, like, yeah, I just made those the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're a Korean rice dog, I'd say, as a band. Okay. We're sweet, we're salty, and uh we we pack a punch. Right. What what sauces do you have on top of that? If you don't mind me asking. No, 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 no. It's a very personal question, but I, I, don't, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, I'm, uh, you know, they're all. I, I, I'm a. I guess anything that's kind of spicy. I'm, I'm a. I love spicy food, but any other kind of like spicy mayo based ones, like you can't go wrong. They're really good. No. Fair enough. Perfect. Um. So for the last couple of questions, we're gonna shift away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with drink? I get a ribeye steak, uh, but I get to cook it. Okay. No, just, oh, okay. <laughs> I cook the ribeye and then I'd have uh, some uh, uh, some curly fries and uh, some Netflix and chill ice cream. That uh, one, I can't remember what, who makes it. Is it ben and Jerry's. Ben yeah. and Jerry's, that's the one. That's That's my, or no tiramisu oh there's my there's my death row meal how are you washing that down i'm washing that down with a thousand beers no um (laughs) no if i get one drink i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with a mexican coke okay Uh, yeah that's the one in like the the glass bottle right oh yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live um i would live in uh that's a good question um one fictional world mm-hmm. that's a good question so many good ones to choose from yeah i guess i don't want to live in like mordor particularly <laughs> um but um let's see Maybe at like the original like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'd live Ooh. there. Yeah. That's I'd be an Oompa Loompa for a week. <laughs> That'd be pretty songs. cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so I've now I've asked the last question, and every single person we have spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Uh red. Specific shade it's- of red? Red or silver. I know that's not a color, but I I, I just love. I, I'm like a fucking bird. I just love little glittery things. So. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Silver is great. Um, yeah, silver is my favorite color. 
So as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um, I would like to say that we're hard at work on new music and uh, looking forward to presenting to you the hits of tomorrow very soon. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, well, thank you for now. That's been Luke from Dirty Nil, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.